You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The news on Kemba Walker, not good if you're a Celtics fan or if you're Kemba Walker or anybody who cares about the Celtics. Uh, John Zanis alongside Bobby Manning here on the Garden Report presented by Manscaped. 20% off, free shipping with the code GARDEN at manscaped.com. Now, Bobby, again, uh, we got the email today from the Celtics sent out to the media. Uh, Kemba Walker's, uh, the status of his knee, uh, he's going to be out. 12 weeks from the point of having uh, an injection, a stem cell injection into his knee. Uh, and, and everything we've read, and I've talked, to, uh, uh, I've talked to a couple of doctors and orthopedists about this situation, uh, this is obviously not a great sign for Kemba, not only for uh, this year, but potentially for his career and, and, and his Celtics future going forward. Yeah, and it's lingered all year. We're going on a year talking about this thing now. He missed the first game with this knee soreness in late January last year. Uh, February is when he started missing games. And then after four months off, it's still there in June. So this hasn't gone away at all. And I remember when we first started talking about this over the summer, when we first started doing the show, John, we were concerned for the long term. And now I think this week essentially seals the fact that the rest of Kemba Walker Celtics career it's going to be defined by rest, management, time off, and simply trying to get the best of, out of him at this point. It feels like his days of being able to play more than, let's say, I don't know, 62, 64 games in 82-game year are over. Like, he's going to need to be heavily managed. You're just going to have to get the best of him come playoff time in the spurts that you have him because that knee after three surgeries – with this uh, onset of arthritis, as it seems, is coming on, I'll, I'll let you handle the medical portion, Dr. Zanis. <laughs> this, this isn't good. This isn't good at all. Well, and it comes right back to what we were talking about over the offseason when the rumors were spreading that they were trying to get rid of them. Yeah. Uh, so they're stuck with them now. Yeah. And again, this is, you know, not to go all WebMD on anybody, but everybody's immediately scrambling. Oh, since uh, knee, you know, what is it treated? So prevailing wisdom here, again, this is from talking to different doctors and doctor, uh, we talked to Dr. Jess Flynn, uh, Boston Sports Journal, um, who really uh, is, uh, I mean, this is this is her trade, uh, you know, and she, she deals with people who have conditions like this all the time. This is what she does. And she's hinted, and Bobby, you wrote about it last week, you know, you mentioned in an article um, that appeared in Boston Sports Journal, he's got a, 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 a knee, uh, most likely arth arthritic condition in his knee. And anybody who knows that knows that it, it, a condition like that doesn't really get better. It requires management. And this is where you thought you were with Kemba Walker. The problem with the procedure like this is it really is a bit of a Hail Mary. Uh, 
nobody knows. I mean, the, it's still unclear whether or not this actually can help regenerate uh, the knee area and the cartilage that's been worn out and it's created this arthritic uh, condition. Uh, but it might be able to alleviate some uh, discomfort. And, you know, with uh, with training and strength conditioning and a bunch of different things and management and make sure that, you know, he, he's he's not playing too many minutes on back-to-back -back nights, whatever it is, pro whatever program they come up with, you might be able to extend it a little bit further. The, the fear is it doesn't really take or it doesn't do enough to make it so he can consistently stay uh, active. And even if he is, that he might not be anywhere near the best version of himself. So I... I think there's a bit of a sunny outlook here when people see January and like, oh, okay, he misses a month, no big deal. I don't think that's the case. I think people have to prepare for multiple scenarios. In January, he starts to do some basketball activities and then it works his way back in and is so close to some version of himself coming back. That's very possible. Uh, another possible scenario that people have to uh, consider here is it doesn't really take January extends into February extends into March. They don't really know what the issue is. He's still dealing with a lot of discomfort. There's a start and a stop. You don't really know here you really are in uncharted waters. And so this could be not just a situation, Bobby, that requires management. It could be a situation that requires a complete shutdown rest. And then I don't know what, try something new, try some other sort of procedure and see if that possibly helps. But as we've seen uh, in other Boston athletes who've had uh, degenerative knee conditions, Dustin Pedroia, now Julian Edelman with the Patriots, it's it hasn't worked for them. It's not <laughs> whatever's yeah, happening. It, it, Everybody's it, it, different. Everybody responds different. But I think people have to prepare themselves for a world in which the Kemba Walker we knew, even from several months ago when he began his Celtics career, may not exist anymore in any form. At, at full speed, for certain. Like, we're not going to get an 82-game season or 72-game this yeah. year of Kemba going at that full speed. So you're going to have to manage expectations at this point. Uh, he he's at, at the best, max though that's the thing that's yeah. best case scenario worst case is they're done with this treatment and the and the and the pain is still there and he can't start he can't start again you know it's like i said is it is hit or miss it's not oh you do this round of injections and you come out clean you're almost better you, this would be a much better scenario for celtics fans if he had just torn an acl like that's better cuz you you recover you fix it it's fixed you recover you train yourself back up and then you're then you're normal again this stuff this stuff can be fixed and taken care of what what he probably has here does not get better so there's a world in which it doesn't get better even with the treatment that's the scary part is it's not just the management the management is a reality and that's best case scenario worst case is and and in Danny I thought the most telling thing he said in his media availability today again we heard from Danny Ainge Brad Stevens, Jason Tatum, Daniel Tice, Gordon Hayward as well, but that's a separate issue, uh, talking to the media out in Charlotte. It's NBA Media Week, so we heard from Danny. The thing that scared the hell out of me was talking about, is this going to be a long-term concern going forward? And Danny is probably among the – he paints the rosiest picture of every Celtics injury as long as he's been at the helm. And his quote of, this year is going to tell us a lot about that, told me a lot about what they think here is we don't know we got to see how he comes out of this thing and if he does and we're able to manage it great but if he doesn't i don't know what the future holds that's what i read into that and they said in june this isn't a long-term concern and here we are again
I know they they keep kind of kicking that can down the road. So it's tough to imagine what the ultimate outcome is going to be here. There's a ton of uncertainty. There's a wide range of outcomes here. I think if you boil it down to the mean, they're probably going to get some stretches of great play from him. And then there's going to be stretches where they have to pull it back or he's uh, reeling with it. If we look at the bubble, that Philadelphia series, I thought he was outstanding pulling up on his jumpers, hitting his threes, getting to the rim a little bit even. And then in that Toronto series, it starts strong and slow. You had that game six where he scored like five points in 51 minutes. And then you get into the East finals and he's a shell of himself as, as Ainge mentioned there. So how long can you reasonably push him even after that period where the injection works, he gets back to himself maybe for a few weeks. Do you have to give him more time off after that? Like this, this is such a tough rotation of management and trying to push to that next level. And we got to think about him too. The thing that sticks out to me about Kemba from this is he never wanted to slow down. He he came in the camp for the bubble saying that he wanted to go. He didn't like the limitations. He was pushing to get back in games and, we have an interview coming out with Grant Williams today. Grant didn't get it too much into the situation with Kemba when they were living together in Charlotte for those four months after which Kemba came back and was hurt in training camp. But was Kemba working out full speed during that time there? That's still my biggest question. We look back to the All-Star game in February. Yeah. He goes out there and plays big minutes in that. So it's on the Celtics to but manage him, but Bobby, he has to though. buy into it too. But Bobby, it's not one acute thing, okay? This is, you know, uh, degenerative or arthritic conditions. They're going to wear over time, so you're right. You can push it to the point that you force yourself to shut it down with overwork. But ultimately, regardless of how hard he pushed, and Ainge took it on himself a little bit, saying maybe we brought him back too soon in the bubble. I was surprised to hear that. (laughs) He brought some furious way on that one. That's one thing. But I don't believe that. I believe that was too allay concern a little bit and say, hey, maybe we played a role in this. And now that we're not going to do that, it'll be okay. I don't believe that was a mea culpa per se. I believe he was just saying that to kind of chill people out a little like, who knows, maybe we pressed him too hard. This time we won't do that again. And just to give, you know, Kemba the benefit of the doubt here that, hey, all if we do everything right, we'll be okay. That's, that's how I read that particular comment. But again, it's that this is where it's been concerning along the way. You had, you know, the situation during the season and then three and four months off during the, 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 when the pandemic crisis uh, shut the NBA down. And when he came back and he wasn't ready, that's what scared the hell out of me there, which was like, wow, he's just gone four months without basketball that you can't possibly manage or maintain a situation better than rest when it comes down to this. And the first time he tried to do anything, it was like, yeah. So that was that was the first major, major flag after all that time off. And then as we saw through the playoffs, um, you know, his deteriorating play uh, and even in the series, he was successful. I thought he just was never quite his most. He, he, he gave you scoring, but it wasn't efficient. He wasn't, it wasn't his most as, dynamic self. Right. Yeah, It wasn't as dynamic as you expected from him, especially when he was the best player in the Celtics by far in November. So we look at what they have now. Well, that's the thing is, right, this is the concern is you're so thin, Bobby. One of the other updates was Romeo Langford out until um, until I mean, geez, five months. I mean, he's coming yeah. back in March. So granted, he's not a point guard here, but you've lost Gordon Hayward, who absolutely could have taken over some ball handling responsibilities here. Um, yep. You're going to thrust Marcus Smart into the starting lineup. And 
behind that, you're looking at handing handing it over to Teague and then to Pritchard. And I, I can't expect much out of the rookies with no real preseason, no Vegas summer league, no ramp up, no time to really get integrated with the team. I think that's asking a lot. So I think now you're looking at what? Teague and Tremont Waters maybe to start? Carson Edwards will get a shot too uh, yeah. for some spot up shooting there, a burst of the rim. I thought he finished the bubble pretty strong, which was encouraging. So I, I want to get another look at him too. It's not the end of the world that they're going to have to play some younger guys and get some contributions from other people to start this year. In fact, you can imagine a world under Brad Stevens where that actually goes better than expected. Right. It's just about getting Kemba to that point where he's ready to roll for the playoffs. It was just you love you'll love this comparison, John. That. Gronk at the end of his career, could you just send him out all season and then have him right for the playoffs? (laughs) Like that's that's what you look at from Kemba now. They'll figure this out in the regular season. I'm not the biggest Jeff Teague fan in the world, but throw him in this system, uh, have him healthy this year. He probably has a pretty decent year. And again, we go back to saying this is going to be about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and what they can do as the head pieces of this offense. And and everything has to fill in around them. Yeah. It is, and it's always, but again, you all better knowing still check the box and superstars, you know, fine. This is, this is the problem dating back to Kyrie. Okay. Um, where you had too many superstars, impossible to placate everybody, but you still felt good that while you're going to run most things through the wings, that you have a third legit star level player here, they're starting the season without him. And then we don't know what he's going to be coming back. That's who big hits of minus Hayward and minus uh, Kyrie, uh, minus Kyrie, minus Kemba to start this season. Who knows if and when Kemba returns anywhere close to full form. You're asking a lot, both Tatum and Brown in terms of shot creation, uh, you know, uh, offense flowing through them at all times. Uh, it's going to be uh, a bit. And if you're a defense, you know exactly what you have to do here. And we've seen Tatum at times struggle when uh, teams are blitzing him and and doubling him and, 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 and really going at him a little bit. Um, it could be it's going to be an adjustment for everybody here. We, we do want to see Tatum more brown, but not this way. More smart, too. And then we talked about that in the East Finals. Next year, he could reasonably be going back to the bench and being like a fifth or sixth option on this team. Now he's the third. And you yeah. heard Stevens and Ainge actually talking about him as a core, core piece to this uh, franchise. Right. I mean, which I had never heard before. 18 points per game this year just because it's got to come from somewhere. So yeah. anybody who didn't want to see Marcus Smart, Jack, and he threes <laughs> in a playoff game, start you start getting used to it. So there's a lot to digest, a lot to discuss, and nothing's going to solve itself in the next little bit here, but certainly a very gloomy uh, gloomy outlook on uh, the status of Kemba Walker. It doesn't mean it's all over, but it certainly was a big hit uh, to the Celtics who just lost Gordon Hayward to free agency. And now they're going to be without another star. Tr- Tr- Tristan Thompson comes in the camp right now too. It's like, what's going on? Oh, that was the <laughs> other one. Tristan Thompson. That was the other medical update. Tristan Thompson with a hamstring injury working out. So again, you've got another issue. And again, we're looking at a starting lineup that I think is probably going to be uh, Tatum, Brown, Smart, Tice, and possibly Grant to start the year. Grant, um, Naismith, like you're digging down there for some and you're digging younger deep, guys. And you're, then you're looking at Teague, Naismith, and then hopefully when healthy, Tristan Thompson coming off the bench, and that's your rotation right now. Yeah. 
I think so, you might see Teague start. We'll get into that another time. But yeah. depending on the matchup, you might see Teague start. You might see Grant start against bigger teams. Yeah. But well, again, this, this gets back to that thing. All of a sudden, another starter gets hurt. Then you're screwed because right. there's just no depth here at all. That's that's the problem. Or there COVID. Was, there wasn't a lot of depth before. And now you're going to play a, a non-bubble NBA season where who knows what comes into play here at a team that's really lacking depth to begin with. So um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, training kit getting underway media availability media week we'll hear from more players throughout the week we'll keep doing these garden reports we're going to do a wednesday live version because that's what we do and we'll have the whole gang gang along with uh josue pavone and uh jimmy toscano uh just want to tell you guys one more time uh our sponsor for this segment for the garden report is manscaped go to manscaped.com and enter the code garden 20 to get 20 percent off and free shipping once again 20 percent off free shipping with the code garden 20 at manscaped.com for bobby manning i'm john Zanis. thanks for watching all right all right the nba season is officially underway so to speak Woo! bobby manning right we're, we're we're doing this right yeah, let's do it. Hayward, yeah. <laughs> we've been fighting about it all week. Let's do it on the air. No, it's true. So look, <laughs> just uh, catching everybody up at home, it's uh, the Celtics uh, really opening up training camp. Uh, it's December 1st, so uh, the season's starting in a few weeks. It's a really fast-moving training camp. We got to hear from Danny Ainge, Brad Stevens, Jim Tatum. And, of course, with Ainge, the number one question on everybody's mind is what happened with the Gordon Hayward situation. We've been battling about this on the air on text message, uh, if there wasn't a pandemic, we're doing it in person and probably getting drunker as the night went on and <laughs> screaming at each other over what went down here. And again, look, there's some finger pointing here because a lot of people want to know whether or not uh, Danny Ainge uh, botched this, so to speak. Yeah. We don't know, okay? What we do know, and from Danny Ainge, a lot of the comments, and we'll read into some of the stuff here, uh, is that uh, is that. Number plan A, and this is something I think we agreed on, Bobby. Yeah. Um, one of the few things we agreed on. Plan A and what was probably best for the Celtics, even if they overpaid, was to bring Gordon Hayward back to Boston. And it seems very clear from listening to Danny Ainge that he tried to do that. That was option one. And Gordon did not want to return. Yeah, which makes sense because we said – the reason he didn't want to come back on that player option is it wouldn't give him the flexibility to choose his future destination. And Ainge said as much today, the issue they ran into with a sign and trade, they had three to four teams on the table they could possibly sign and trade him to. He had to accept it. So what confuses me still among all these different stories, you have the Pacers saying right. the Celtics were asking for too much. You have Ainge saying it wasn't enough today. And then you have Hayward saying you just want to move on to Charlotte, uh, get into a bigger role, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of different competing interests and storylines here. What confuses me, though, is if the Celtics wanted to keep Hayward, that first point we both agreed on, why are they doing all the shopping? Why are they shopping him for Drew Holiday, as we heard? Uh, why, why is he being signed and trade shopped in all these different places instead of a real negotiation about keeping him here? That's well, my I, question for Ainge. I think, that's, I think what's clear, and again, it's really hard, so you're going to have to speculate and read into things. It sounds to me like, though the Celtics wanted Hayward back, I think it became increasingly clear to Danny listening to him talk today. And even Hayward, when he spoke, even Stevens, when he spoke about him earlier, um, it just got, they just, the vibe was there that this was not that. And so 
the question yeah. really comes down to whether or not knowing that they, they could and should have swung something to Indiana or Charlotte was there the whole time. There was tampering. He was talking to them. He knew it was there. It's still not clear. And again, it's just wild speculation to say how it went down. That's something we're not going to know. I think, again, there's going to be a group of fans that wonders. And it, what makes sense to me is if Charlotte came out of nowhere, came in late and Danny wasn't expecting it, that he probably had to find a way to make that Indiana trade work in some capacity. But because he always wanted Gordon back, he's thinking, well, if there's nobody out there, maybe he'll just have to resign. And that's that. If it was always an option, if Charlotte was there the whole time, there's really nothing that could have been done here. And that's the question is it's really hard to say whether it's what we're not going to know is if Gordon, if Indiana was done in some capacity and then presented to Gordon, would he have taken whatever they were offering there, 102 to 108 to 110 over Charlotte? Not clear. Or did he just say Charlotte when it was obvious, Danny's not getting this thing done with Indiana. He's going to futz around with them forever. And that's going to end up with me coming back here. And I don't want that. So I'm going to Charlotte, which I think is also possible, but it's really hard to say. It seems likely Charlotte was always in I mean, they had no other prospects to getting any other major free agents there certainly so i think that's something that's always on the table Ainge said they were always there today uh, indiana though that's what still gives me the the ability to give boston the benefit of the doubt because hayward was holding out on that situation clearly with the extension exactly uh, you, you had negotiations ongoing there charlotte was certainly always going to be interested in him uh, and he could have made that decision on the first day of free agency instead we're sitting there on a saturday or sunday whichever day it was and we just get the news out of nowhere so someone dropped negotiations here in this indiana situation it seems very likely hayward always wanted to go there but couldn't get there because those deals didn't go through uh, it seemed likely that the celtics wanted to do that uh, indiana certainly did pritchard admitted that that they they wanted hayward bad so someone dropped this and i think it was the celtics and, i think the return wasn't great enough to. That's what I keep coming back to. And that's the thing is, again, now we're going to spend the rest of our time debating whether or not <laughs> whether or not Tristan Thomas and a trade exception that they may or may not use is better than... Well, what, what are, what, coming let back. me read this quote from him today, uh, today. They said on the radio this morning, it had to be a trade we wanted, not a trade just to let Hayward go where he wanted to go. It had to be good for the Celtics, for our business, for our luxury tax, for our personnel and the cost of contracts. To me, that says... They didn't want Miles Turner. They didn't want to go into the tax to pay Miles Turner. They didn't feel getting Turner alone for Hayward was enough. And I agree. It's look, and if that's the rationale, again, then then you can debate. Miles come home, good basketball decision, bad basketball decision. That's not clear. I think where people get stuck in this conversation and this debate is if Danny could have been more aggressive to get the thing done before that window opened and you allowed a Charlotte to walk through the door. And that's where I'm going to keep coming back to that two-day window. That two-day window says a lot. It clearly says that, and again, this is why we keep coming back to it. If Charlotte was there all along and no matter what, because they were going to offer the most amount of money, they were going to win then there is no sense in doing the extension. The extension only makes sense to give them more time to make that trade. It, it doesn't, there's nothing else that's plausible. It's again, and everything being said today is, you know, 
oh, I said Gordon Hayward spoke today and he said, oh, I told my agent to get it done. I think they knew that was an option, but they wanted Indiana to work. Everybody wanted that to work. And when it was clear it wasn't, he didn't want to come to Boston. So he said, get that thing done. And so, again, you don't know. It could have been everyone's going to point at Danny and say, oh, he played hardball. Maybe the Pacers played too much hardball and they wouldn't move at all. They made their first offer and nothing. It's hard to say. You can't say whose fault that that broke down. But what's clear is they had two days to not dick around with each other and get get the deal done. If Indiana really wanted it and Boston really wanted it, that thing had to be done before in that extension window. And as soon as they got to Thursday and it was open open season, all bets were off, and that's what happened. So this will be decided by that player exception that they have now, that they'll carry into this year, that they can possibly use next offseason. That's going to very likely dictate whether this Hayward proceeding was a success or a failure. It's it's hard to read that right now, too. Only time's going to tell on that. But I still look at getting Tristan Thompson over Miles Turner as a win. And if you read the Washburn specifics of the trade there, whether it's just going to be Turner and some first-round picks or – Turner and TJ Warren or Turner and Oladipo. I still like the idea of Tristan Thompson, a possible future addition to this team in that exception over any of the packages there, frankly. You know why Indiana comes out of this saying that we offered enough? Because they wanted to get rid of all this stuff. Oladipo's an expiring contract, a hurt player. Miles Turner's a player that's fallen behind Sabonis in their rotations. They were willing to do anything they could to get rid of a lot of these players, but they were expensive, they're uncertain products, and I'm not necessarily sure it was worth the Celtics to go into the luxury tax and get a smaller mid-level and all that stuff, uh, rather than just figure things out on the side. This is the other thing we don't know. We don't know if Danny actually kind of liked the Turner deal enough, but was just trying to goose it for more. And now in the back end is saying, we didn't really like what was out there. Otherwise, we would have made a trade. You don't know that. That's the thing. And and that's what we'll never know. This is this is the everybody, every GM does this. Every fantasy football GM does this. You have <laughs> trades. You want to sweeten them a little bit. You hold out hope. You hold on to your guy. You think the deal's going to get better. You turn around and the guy you wanted got traded to someone else. And you're like, ah, I should have taken it. I'm, I'm good with that. I do that well a in lot my of league. People, they call me the that, trade master. That's normal, though. You wait around. And you think you can make it a little better, a little better, thinking that you're the only one they're dealing with. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, no, did that just happen? So, again, it's going to be hard to know, but this is these are the perils of being an NBA GM. It's a really high-stakes game of poker with these guys. You don't know exactly how it's going to play out. You have to be prepared to gamble. Again, make another analogy. You walk in to buy a car. You're negotiating. You've got to be able to run the table and walk away even if you really want the car. I mean, that's... And again, this is what you do. You play this game of chicken here. And it's possible both Danny and Indiana played it. And that's that. Now, I want to switch to Hayward. Listening to him talking, um, it the only thing clear from listening to Gordon and Danny today is Danny knew Gordon didn't want to be here and Gordon didn't want to be here. And again, it's hard to say whether it was the city, whatever it was, but it seems like the it role keep, was the big thing. It's having the ball keep hands, coming back kind of to the fit. And I think above all else, being a fourth wheel and not being able to be a star when he has been a star at every stage of his career in his life and to come here and to play 
second second or third fiddle to Kyrie, the injury bad luck, and then when he's finally healthy, he's like, oh, by the way, here's three superstars that we have ahead of you in the pecking order, and that's a tough one for him. Again, did it. He was deferential. He played within his role, and for a couple of months this season, what this could have worked, what this could have looked like with all of these guys working together. But it didn't. Uh, we didn't get to see it for long. He got hurt again, got hurt in the playoffs. The team fell short of its goal. And now he's going to go be big man on campus in Charlotte here and try to rekindle that Gordon Hayward all-star flame that he had going on in Utah. Whether he does or doesn't, I'm not sure. But, but certainly he's going to get more opportunity too. But both sides seem satisfied with the breakup. Maybe not exactly how it went down. Hayward's probably wishing he was in Indiana. Uh, Boston's probably wishing they had more to show for him in the end. But I think they're both glad to get a fresh start here. Uh, it, it never worked out. As we said a couple episodes ago, he was the remnant of that Kyrie core that quickly fell apart, left the team. And now they're onto a new core. They're onto a new plan. They're onto a new trajectory here. It didn't seem to fit him. I, I wish they made it work. I wish they came to an agreement. But ultimately... We wanted to see him take less money, play a smaller role, and have it be better for the Celtics. But none of those things were going to be better for Hayward. And he said today in his press conference, he still feels like he's in the prime of his career. He'll be the yep. guy in Charlotte with the ball in his hands, taking all the shots, maybe leading them to the playoffs. Yep. It's going to be a playing tournament this year, so 10 teams have a chance to make the playoffs in the East. Yep. So he'll be right in the middle of everything there. And all the power to him. I, I liked him in Boston. I thought he gave them a lot last year. I, nobody's going to blame him for the injuries. They're in a tough spot the way he left with what's left over and what they need right now. Uh, but what are you going to do? They just have to make the best of it on both ends. Yeah, so we'll get into a lot more of that. The what now from Hayward. Again, summarize, I think, the clear in Hayward's press conference on Tuesday, Danny Ainge, Brad Stevens. Celtics knew Gordon didn't want to be here. Gordon didn't want to be here. Indiana was the number one option for both sides. It would appear uh, they could not make that work in the time allotted. Charlotte was the best thing left. He took it. He gets more money. He gets. They he gets couldn't more. do thirty either. Like they just gets, as I much mean, as I we wanted them back, they just couldn't. I still think, and I and I'll go go down. I'll go down my till my last breath. Um, that Gordon Hayward is not worth $30 million at this stage in his career on this team, but it was a better move for the Celtics to pay him that if money alone would have done it. I, I get the feeling again from listening to Hayward, listening to everybody, it wasn't the money. He was done with Boston. He wanted Celtics to make the make it work in Indiana it or somewhere else. It didn't. Charlotte was the next best thing. He took it. That's it. I, I don't, I think people killing Danny from not squeezing out a couple more bucks. I don't think that's what happened. I think it was years over. too, though. Four years. Like, I that think is... it was over. I, 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 that's the thing is the only thing I'm not going to fault Danny. The only thing you're going to say about the situation with Danny is was there more he could have done and should he have just taken good enough? instead of holding out for great, or did he truly just hate it? I don't know. That's the thing we don't know. Um, I think making it work was the best case scenario for all parties, but there's Hayward clearly was all set with Boston, and I, that's that. I, I don't well, think what, it was money. What we get back to here, whether you wanted Thompson, whether you wanted Turner, they're taking a step back this year, and would, would it have been worth 
mortgaging the future flexibility to get more out of this year, more out of next year, because they're clearly going to be a team again, probably more so than last year, that's half ready to win a championship. It would still and be half... tradable at 30 million, Bobby, for an expiring. That's the whole thing is like you could... depending on how he does he get hurt again? Does he start know, declining? I mean, like it all could go south fast. But the thing is that he's the same guy at 25 as he is 30. He's tradable at 25, he's tradable at 30, or he's productive at 25, or he's productive at 30. At that's that true. point. At that point, the extra few million doesn't matter. If you were willing to go for and whatever, I still think the overpay was the best best strategy. That's a fair point. It just didn't, it just, I don't think it mattered. It, it yeah. wasn't, this wasn't one of those where if Danny just got to this number. So again, we could go on forever. I just want to tell people at home one more time, we're live on Wednesday night, 8 p.m. It's going to get hot. <laughs> and it's going to get hot. I think we've calmed down a little. But yeah. but it could get could get heated uh, with Jimmy Jimmy Toscano Josue Pavone. I uh, want to tell you again our sponsor Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com, enter the code Garden twenty, get twenty percent off and free shipping. Once again, twenty percent off, free shipping with the code Garden twenty at manscaped.com. For Bobby Manning, I'm John Zanis. This has been the Garden Report. We will see you all later.